tonight. Has God ever lied to you? Nope. Has God ever, has God ever said he was going to do something and not done it? Has anything in this book ever not come true? There's some things that we're waiting on. He said, I'm coming back. He ain't not come back yet, but he's coming. Amen? He's coming. We don't know when, but we're ready. I wish he'd come now. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come on. Amen? Come on. Seriously, come on. It'd be awesome if he came. I would love to see it. I would love to see it in my lifetime. And some of you are like, I'd want to see my son or daughter get married. No, you don't. That's going to be an aggravation. I am not ready for that. closer I get to it, I am not at all ready for that. I hope he comes before all that happens. Before... We have to go through that in 30 or 40 years. <laughs> oh, so that's my flesh. But God's promises are true. Promises made, promises kept. Another promise made is another, another one of prom- God's promises kept. Go there with me to that John chapter 14. Promises made, promise kept. What did he say he was going to do when he left this world? Yes, he said he was going to go and prepare a place for us. Guys, what's heaven going to be like? It's going to be amazing. Why? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the streets of gold. I don't care who's going to be there. He's going to be there. And he said it's going to be amazing. He is making us a place. He's preparing us a place. That is a promise made. And he will keep it. We, we long for that. We look forward to seeing there, him and being there in his presence forever. And ever they're worshiping him. But he also tells us over, look over, look over verse 16. I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper. See, Jesus had to go away so that he could send a helper because he could only be in one place at a time. And he was with the disciples. He was here at the moment and he couldn't be over there. Although he knew, being God, I don't understand it, he knew. He says, I'll ask the Father and He will give you another helper that may be with you forever. Do you realize that helper is here today? Do you realize the Spirit of God is with you in this room? The Spirit of God is speaking to you. Not my words. My words you hear, but it's the Spirit of God that that sort of transforms it and makes it fit in you. Right now, that's the Spirit of God. It's a powerful, awesome thing. That He will be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Okay? The world don't get the Holy Spirit. They don't get it. They can look at, they can look at the, the nature, they can see the sun, they can see the stars... And they know that, hey, there's something different about our body and those bodies. They can see the majesty of all that's there. But they cannot, nature cannot save you. It's the Holy Spirit making this word transform the heart of a human being. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be with you will be in you. Notice verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 
Look over at verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I say to you. Look at verse 28. You heard that I say I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. Jesus had to get to the Father. He had to go so that the Spirit of God could come. It's the Spirit of God that speaks to you. It's the Spirit of God that that makes these words come to life. It just makes it happen. Look over. Pentecost. Day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts 2 with me. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to go into uh, the different things. We're just going to look at strictly what Scripture says. There are Bible's clear. Bible's very clear. If we look at what the Bible says, it's very, very clear on what goes on. Pentecost happens 50 days, 50 days after the Passover is Pentecost. And they're all gathered together, some 120 of them, people from all over, lots of folks. And this happens. And if you look over, Jesus even tells them it's going to happen in Acts chapter 1. He says, for John, verse 5, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and even the remotest part of the earth. And in chapter 2, Pentecost happens. The power of God, the Spirit of God. Jesus has gone away. He's left this earth and He has made a promise that the Spirit of God is going to come. And in Acts chapter 2, we get to read about it. Guys, one of the things we are talking about behind the scenes is how to, on Sunday mornings, and your little, that little insert, that little middle piece of papers to have, we're just going to give conversation starters, kind of some some nuggets or something to just get you going. Guys, one you could talk about forever is look, look at how God promised one thing and He did it. Look at how God says He will and He does. Look at all the places. Just go through Scripture at His promises made and His promises that He keeps. John 14, He says, i got to go, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And in Acts chapter 2, it happens. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterances. And some of you good Baptist folk are sitting back, and you're like, oh, buddy, we're going to jump some pews in here. We're fixing to start, we're fixing the Holy Ghost power is going to come in, and we're going to start talking in other tongues, right? No. We're going to remember, we're going to look at what the Bible says. There's people from all over the place here. There's people from, at this time, the entire Roman region, 
we're going to list all the names, but the entire Roman region, there's a, there's a sampling from all over the area, has come into Jerusalem and they're there. They're in attendance. And notice this as you read your scripture. Always let scripture lead your belief not passed down from generation to generation. This is what mama taught. This is what daddy taught. This is what I heard. This is what preacher even said. There's a lot of folks do it because preacher said it. Well, did you read it in the Bible? No, preacher always said it. Well, can you believe him? Yeah, we had him over for Sunday lunch. He loved eating mama's chicken. You know the reason he was over at your mama's house? Because your mama cooked good chicken. But we believe everything that's said. But look at what Scripture clearly says. These tongues are languages. Notice. Notice. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why are, why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and, of, and the districts of Libya around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, They are full of sweet wine. We know you've heard the sermons. You've heard it preached. But there's absolutely no way it could be drunk that early in the morning. It was morning. They, they didn't even have time to get drunk by this time of day. But they were hearing it. The Holy Spirit came and they, they sat on the people. And God's word started doing exactly what He said He would do over in verse 8 of chapter 1. And you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witness. You'll be able to proclaim. People were able to hear the, the power of God. They were able to hear the truth of God in their own known language. These were known languages of the day. When the power of God came. Amazing things happened. Inside the church today. And I know one of, the, one of the negatives that we have here, for those of you that are out there, that, that I'm going to have to, one of these days we'll work around. Wednesday night is usually a lot of back and forth. But I got video cameras and I got at least 16 people out there watching for somewhere. And when I ask a question and you guys start answering and I start bouncing off of you, they're not hearing the responses and people will start commenting. That's why I wish y'all would come to church. So I could ask them questions. Because right now, here's the question I would ask them. Where did that Pentecostal power go? Why did it stop? What messed it up? Where did we, where did we between here, between here 
And here, where did the disconnect happen? Because there is a powerful move of God. We sing about it. He says we sing about it. You hear these words. Let's read it. Read down through. I want want us to read his sermon. Look at this sermon. Notice what he says. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven. Where did we see the eleven when we last left them? They all scattered with everybody else. And notice what God does. These people who were, last time we saw Peter, he was, he was denying Christ. He was before little servant girls. He was denying, saying, hey, I don't know him. And hey, I don't know him. And even cursing and saying, look, I have nothing to do with this man. But when the Spirit of God came on these people, it transformed them. And it gave them a, a, a boldness to stand up before people and, and speak and, and speak powerfully. Speak words to the, with his finger in the face of the people who literally killed him. You killed him. You killed him. This same man who we see off weeping bitterly, when the Holy Spirit comes upon him and he receives the power of God, stands up and boldly proclaims the truth of God. There's not a one of you in this room that can't do that. There's not a one of you in this room that has the Holy Spirit inside of you. There's absolutely nothing that you can't do. There is nothing that you can't do in His power. There's nothing that you can't do in His strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How in the world do we have Christ? We don't have the physical body of Christ. No, we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. Read it. Let's just read it. For these men are not drunk. Verse 15, as you suppose, for it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that it will that I will pour forth of my Spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slave, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst. Just as you yourselves knows, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says to him, I saw the Lord always in my presence. For he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to 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 undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of the Lord. 
You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. And so, because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus... God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured forth this which you both see and hear. For for it was not David who descended into heaven, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you've crucified. Keep going. And when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. They were pierced to the heart when they hear the word of God. And notice what they say. And he said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? When the word of God goes forth, I've said it before, people don't need our opinions, they need the truth of God's Word. They need the Word of God proclaimed to them, just like... Just like we did this Sunday or the past Sunday, whenever it was, I had I pulled him up here and I said, hey, read this. Guys, the Word of God convicts, the Word of God can stand on its own two feet. I don't have to sit here and say, yeah, but God is good. Yeah, but God's word is true. I don't have to do any of that. You just have to put it out there. And when the word of God goes out there, it convicts and the spirit of God moves in people. And it transforms. We pray at the beginning of Wednesday nights. We pray, God, that you would move on people's hearts. That you would convict sinners. That you would show them that they would ask that question. What do we need to do? What do I do? I'm a sinner. What do I do? That was me that nailed him to the cross. What do I do? That was my sin that he bore there on Calvary. What do I do? Notice what he says. Peter said to them, repent. Repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many, look at verse 40. And with many other words he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day they were added about 3,000 people. Can you possibly imagine the Spirit of God moving in such a way? Where in Jerusalem had to be, Temple Mount had to be in a big area to have such a large gathering for that many people to hear the Word of God, to hear the truth of God proclaimed, and people just constantly being saved and constantly believing, and the Spirit of God continuing to, to draw people to Himself. God can still do that. God can still transform souls. God can still save people. Promise made. 
promise kept. He saved so many. 2021. I have a lot of you asking me at various times, how can I pray for you? And my my default response is to pray for me to have wisdom. Many of you have asked me around the room, when you're walking out the doors or or when we see each other throughout the week, hey, how can I be praying for you? Pray that God will give me wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is being able to look at life through God's eyes, being able to being able to lead, being able to discern, being able to, to rightly divide the word of truth, being able to, being able to look at a situation. And I, I, see, I see Solomon praying for wisdom. He could have had anything, and God gave him that which he requested. He asked for wisdom. But you know, I was actually reading a book this morning, and I, was con- I, I don't want to say I was convicted, I guess I was nudged. I don't know if the conviction is the right word, but I was nudged. I was nudged, and all I could think of is all those people, and really, that's my default answer, and it's been that way ever since I've been preaching. Pray that I'll have wisdom to know the right things to say, to do the right things, to act the right way, just to be able to be His hands and His feet, to discern His will in the moment. But I was listening and it was like, I knew what we was talking about. What if we start praying for the Spirit of God to move like that? What if we start praying? We don't have because we don't ask. Okay? We don't have because we don't ask. And we a lot of times ask with wrong motives, James tells us. We, we ask for selfish things. But do you think it's a selfish thing for us to go before the throne of God and say, Lord God, I pray that your spirit would move in the lives of people in such a way just like it did on the day of Pentecost. I don't think that's outside of the will of God. I don't don't think that's out of bounds. I said earlier, we don't don't take it and, and apply it outside of what truth from the Word of God teaches. I do not see where us praying a selfish prayer that God would come and His Spirit would move around this room and move in the families of this church and move in the ministries of this church and move in the lives of this church. That He's assembled here in such a way that His Spirit would just absolutely take over and blow our minds. Is that too much to ask? Am I wrong? Is that a wrong prayer to ask? I go back to the question. What separated us from God saving 3,000 on that day to now I come in and on a Wednesday night, y'all look deader than you've looked in a long time. You do. Y'all look dead. Are y'all tired? Some of you you are like, no, I'm happy. Well, you look dead. You do. You look miserable. We're sitting here talking about the Spirit of God, and you just look absolutely... Are you hungry? Are you tired? Do you have a headache? Is your belly hurting? Am I... No, tonight, preacher, you're not pulling hats, rabbits out. No, you're just not... You're you're just not reeling me in, brother. You, You read half of Acts to me. You put me to sleep. 
we wonder the disconnect. Show me, show me your power. Isn't that the words? Didn't we just sing that? I'm sitting back there thinking. He gave one of his little sermonettes, he calls them. That's what I call them. And we want to we wanna see God move. And then he gave you all a sermonette. And I read all of Acts and done put you to sleep. And, and we wonder, what's the disconnect? We wouldn't be this quiet if we were at our kids' ball games. We wouldn't be this quiet if Alabama's right there on the goal line going in. Saban's getting number 73. I get more move out of a silly talk about Some of you laughing more about saving you are this Holy Spirit of God. I say it because I love you, but that's how we are. Wonder what happened, y'all. Wonder what happened. I don't think it's wrong to pray it. Could it be the church has quit asking it? Could it be the church don't pray for things like that? We spend more time and hey, every one of these, every one of these are real human beings. They're real family members. Here's a granddaughter. Here's a niece. Here's a mama. Here's a friend. Here's a daddy. Here's a daughter. Here's a sister. Here's a brother, a sister-in-law. These are real people. We pray for real people to get well. Isn't it amazing? We want people out of heaven forever and ever and ever. Show me your power, God. Show up, God. God, don't just show up when I show up on that hill, but show up when I show up in me, show up in my world, show up in my life. I want to see you. I want, I, want, I want that Pentecostal power. I want, I want that uh, like a mighty rushing wind. It, it, it flames of fire. It was as if. Notice the words. Some of you like, he's only got two minutes and he's pulling the Bible back out. Sorry. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a, like a violent rushing wind. We in a Baptist church, the music's too loud, preacher. Ain't no good Baptist would have made it through Pentecost. You'd have went right back to the soundboard and said, Ty, cut her down. you got to cut my ear and aid down. True story. God, you ain't. We wonder. You want to see God move? You got to get out of the way. You want to see God move? We got him in a box. Chapel Hill, I loved what happened to your box earlier. It exploded for those of you that wasn't in a room. And all I saw, because I knew how it was going to end it, all I saw was that's what needs to happen to this church, is it just needs to crumble. The system needs to crumble. This, the situation we find ourselves in needs to crumble. We need a violent, rushing wind to fall and just mess things up. And mess our, mess our comfort levels up and mess our, mess our ease and padded and temperature and silliness is up. God ain't in no box. He ain't in no box. He ain't going to be in a box. You want to see him move? Go where he's at. You want to see him do what God can do? Got to get out of a box. 
violent rushing wind came and it messed them up. 3,000 people were saved. <laughs> yeah, but that was God. <laughs> really? Like he changed. Like he, like the system, something, something happened. No. He's still doing it all the time. Oh, Lord, help us, God. Help us. How in the world can we, how can we be unmoved when we see you? How can we not be changed when we, God, experience, and not just experience, but are taken over by your presence? God, forgive us. God in heaven, we stand before you as mere men with nothing, nothing except your grace and your mercy is all we have. So undeserving. God, forgive us. God, these systems that we're in, these traditions that we're in, this thing that we just call church. We're going to church when your word says we are the church. Help us, God. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would come and break our hearts. God, yes, I do pray for wisdom, but I also pray, God, that your spirit would come and take over our lives. That you would take over our body. That you would take over this body here on this field. And Lord, when people don't see us, they see you. God, they don't hear about what people are doing. They hear about what God is doing. Holy Spirit of God, add to your number. Add to your kingdom. Lord, what are we doing? God, what is, what is happening here on this hill? Lord, I, I ask as humbly as I know how, what is hindering your work? God, forgive it. Stop it. What is stopping your work? Lord, is it us putting you in a box? It is, a, is it us doubting you? Is it us thinking that, hey, you're not going to be a, keep your promise. You, you're not capable. It's not possible. It can't happen here. God, it can happen here. God, do it, not to prove a point, but for your great namesake. We want to honor you. God, use us. Use us that's in this room tonight. Use us in our homes. Use us in our families and in our sons and our daughters, our grandchildren and our, and our spouses and just in our lives. Lord, use us. Here we are, God. Send us, we'll go. Here we are, God. We'll go, we'll do, we'll be your hands and your feet. We are the army that you have on this hill. God, start in us, please. God, start in us. Start in me. Start in this room. Holy Spirit, come and just show out. We plead for a violent move. We pray, plead for a violent move of your presence, of your power. 
God, do that, please, Lord. As humbly as we know how to ask it, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, now, John.